Chapter Fourteen of An Earthman on Venus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. An Earthman on Venus by Ralph Milley Farley. Chapter Fourteen. In disgrace. I awakened to find myself lying bound in a wood. The time was apparently the next morning. My first thought was to worry about Lilla. My next was to wonder who was to blame for my seizure. Yuri, undoubtedly. But if so, had he not misplayed? If he had let me alone, I should by this time be marrying Sarkari Bitha, and once married to her, I could no longer interfere between Lilla and Yuri. Lilla might even consent to marry the prince out of pique. My thoughts were interrupted by the return of my captor, who proved to be an ant man, numbered 356-1-400. He was a young ant and bore no dual numbers. I started to speak, but he warned me to be silent to make sure of my obedience he bit me savagely once more as on my first day on this planet i experienced intense pain followed by oblivion and then conscious paralysis when i awoke paralyzed i found that my captor was carrying me the fact that he was an ant-man confirmed my suspicions of yuri but the fact that he was carrying me furtively through the woods instead of on the main highway convinced me that i was still in cupia my bonds were still on but had become very loose immediately i decided that my one chance of escape lay in concealing my recovery from the paralysis when this recovery should occur so i awaited my opportunity thus we proceeded for about a parth and a half when suddenly my captor halted and pricked up his antennae i too listened directly ahead of us there came a long-drawn howl the call of a woofus nearer came the sound we were in a field at the time and i could see that the ant-man was looking around for a likely tree in which to take refuge but the bordering woods were all scrub with not a single sizable tree in sight so my captor laid me down and advanced toward the sound of the oncoming woofus evidently determined to bluff it out and attack before being attacked then the purple terror bounded into the open one lone ant-man is no match for a woofus though my captor fought bravely he was slowly driven back contesting every parastat of the way when the two were nearly upon me i realized that my languor was gone i undid my bonds i stood erect then i found a heavy stick my captor was entirely engrossed in this conflict now was my chance to crush him with my club and then escape while the wolfus devoured his remains fate was indeed kind to me once more so i crept stealthily forward and then brought my club down with a crash on the head of the woofers 
for my sense of fair play my sporting sense had abruptly changed my mind and i had rescued the underdog instead of killing him now i was again his captive undoubtedly destined this time to have eggs laid in me by queen formus the ant-man stood for a moment astounded and then wheeled around i still held my club there was now no reason why i should not kill him too if i could but he did not charge instead he said let us not fight you have saved my life and so i owe you yours a life for a life no one shall ever say that three five six dash one dash four hundred is ungrateful go in peace look a mist approaches my excuse shall be i lost you in the fog if you too are grateful you will tell the same story then the fog a frequent phenomenon of poros closed upon me and i saw my captor no more i lay down covered myself with tartan leaves to keep off the wet and waited for the fog to lift and the next thing i knew it was morning in spite of my last fast since supper two days ago i felt refreshed by my sleep and at once set out through the woods in as nearly a straight line as i could in the hope of striking a road the straight line was easy as the eastern sky was still faintly pink and likewise it was easy to head north along the road when i finally reached one but when at last i came to a city it turned out to be Katuth rather than kuana before seeking food or anything else except a much-needed drink of water i found a pinkey and asked him if he had heard any recent news from kuana relative to the disappearance of the princess news from kuana disappearance he repeated in surprise surely not the princess has been here safe and sound for two days and left only a few parapaths ago by the kuana road so i had just missed her if i had entered the city a bit later i should have passed her on the road my tickets were not sufficient to hire a kirkool and besides now that i knew lilla was safe i was in no hurry to face bethu whom i had left waiting at the joining stand as it were so after breakfast i set out on foot for kuwana thirty stads away carrying some lunch around noon when i had just eaten my lunch on a stone by the side of the road a kirkool passed me headed for kuwana i hailed its single occupant and was given a lift the rest of the way he turned out to be the chief of pincus of Katuth, bound for a conference with the mango of kawana i welcomed the chance to get inside the kawana jail face to face with my old friend poblath for this opportunity would enable me to give him my long deferred explanation of my relations or rather lack of relations with his bethu it was three days since i had shaved and i must have presented an uncanny sight in fact the chief had intimated as much as i got aboard his kirkool 
so when poblath saw me his jaw dropped and he seemed convulsed with fear go away dead man he begged i confess it all i did hire the ant-man to assassinate you but now that you have my confession return in peace to the land beneath the boiling seas and leave me alone so that was why i had been kidnapped well at least it let yuri out of being an absolute fool poblath old friend i replied i am not dead the ant-man lost me in the fog and i have returned not to curse you but rather to thank you for you have saved me from an unwished marriage and then i got across the explanation which he had so long denied me when i had finished there was no longer any doubt in poblath's mind that i was still his friend and he warmly patted my jaw the conventional peruvian token of friendship but i fancied that his sweetheart Bithu, would not be so easy to appease from the jail i went to my rooms for a shave and a clean toga and then repaired to the garage where i had rented the kirkhall my intention being to try and arrange to pay for the loss on the installment plan but to my surprise the kirkhall lulu informed me that my kirkhall had been found with its gyro still running standing beside the wrecked ant car and had been brought back to Kiwana intact, so that all I owed was an extra day's rent, for which he would gladly trust me until next ticket day. On returning again to my rooms, I found a messenger with a peremptory summons to attend the king forthwith, in spite of the fact that it was now nearly time for the evening meal. Evidently, old Q had heard of my return. He had when i entered the audience chamber i entered the presence of an awful wrath q was seated on his royal couch and standing beside him was a she-woofus named betha never before had i so stirred a woman's rage and i hope never to do so again the king demanded an explanation which i gave readily enough but which did not convince him in the least cabot barsarker he spoke i do not believe you concern for the safety of the princess is very commendable but if it were that which actuated you you would have inquired first from me and would have learned that she had left a note with me giving word of her departure for Ketuth. no you took the absence of the princess as a mere convenient excuse to desert your bride at the joining stand unmindful of the high honour which i was conferring on you in giving the hand of a sarkari to you lately a commoner nay even a beast from another world whether or not she will still have you is for the lady to say but as for me you have greatly incurred the royal displeasure and i am almost minded to revoke your rank you came to us from among those accursed formians under whose thraldom i am chafing verily i believe the ancient proverb no good cometh out of formia go i have spoken but i have not spoken interjected betha ever the disrespectful no base earth thing that no one can injure the pride of betha with impunity 
you who could have given me your love or even merely your hand and have received in return a love the passion of which is unequalled on this planet chose instead to meet out to me who am your social superior the worst insult which a man can give to a woman i condescend to link myself with a commoner and for reward am treated as dirt am ground under heel like a brink never can you wipe out this insult never shall i reconsider my present determination not to marry you for this relief many thanks said i to myself but you still have me to cope with she continued you brink mathlab earthman a particularly delicate touch putting earthman as the climax of a list of distasteful creatures Betha will have her revenge she concluded never fear now i have spoken i drew a long breath as one who has just finished receiving a flogging so that was over the lady is now a very good friend of mine and begs me to tone down this transcription of her tirade but why not tell the story just as it happened as i respectfully withdrew from the audience chamber an attendant softly radiated into my antennae that the princess desired to see me at once in her apartments more trouble but i was wrong for lilla received me most tenderly and graciously supper was laid for two i took her in my arms at last we seated ourselves side by side on a couch by the table and the meal was served i was unable to bear your marriage to another she explained especially as you did not seem to be trying to do anything about it but how can a math lab struggle in the jaws of a woofus i interjected quoting one of poblath's proverbs lilla smiled indulgently and continued her story there was no one here whom i could trust so i finally called upon doggo he met me on the outskirts of the city and carried me to Ketooth in his kurtool to try and devise with you some means of escaping from betha but his kurtool broke down en route and he had to continue on foot and by the time that he reached the city you had disappeared when you failed to show up for the wedding betha acted like one drunk with saffra root and has continued so ever since doggo sent word to me at Ketooth, and i returned then i told her my adventures she sympathizing tenderly with my misfortunes and thrilling at my conquest of the woofus now that poblath is our friend again we have little to fear from betha she said betha is a mad little wanton and would cool off if let alone but poblath for all his philosophy is a commoner and so was to have been expected to misunderstand the situation i wanted to say that lilla herself had entertained exactly the same misunderstanding as poblath but instead i merely remarked i too am a commoner lilla dearest you are not she indignantly replied you are a barsarker and have the heart of a king could the princess lilla love a commoner the princess lilla once spent a whole night in the arms of a commoner i remonstrated and was just as safe and free from insult as she would have been in the arms of her mother she added 
but yuri believed otherwise or said that he did and threatened that unless i would by my silence assent to his version of my rescue he would tell the king who would have believed the worst and would have cast me out so as long as i thought that you were hopelessly doomed i held my peace but i was very sad after the meal lilla and i sat for a long time together on her little balcony discussing plans i shall marry you assented my princess even if we have to flee together to islands beyond the boiling seas that was all very well but quite impractical the boiling seas were impassable unapproachable even formia was barred to us by my criminal record and by the presence and influence there of yuri cupia was barred to us by the wrath of king q due to my treatment of his favorite and formia and cupia constituted the entire world for us to hide disguised was impossible because of my own earth-born deformities so although i gloried in lilla's love my joy was sobered by realization that marriage between us was impossible and what about the situation when king q should die and prince yuri should succeed to the crown we had that to look forward to end of chapter fourteen recording by john brandon